Played out in a unique way, um, and I think you know we had the first turnover. We didn't um, take advantage of that one, but I think the next one we did, and you know we were able to take advantage of the opportunities that were given to us. And um, you know, in, in this time of the year, that's what you want to do. That's what matters. You want to capitalize on um, everything. And um, you know, we came out, came out really hot and kind of set the tone offensively, uh, giving us the ball. And um, you know, we, we found a way to keep get it going. You know, it, it looked different. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's been the the thing of this whole entire team, this whole entire offense this year. Um, come out there and throw for a lot. You go out there and run for a lot. You come out there and you just kind of efficient. That's the best defense in the league. You know, that's the best defense in the league. It's Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback after a 31-7 win over the San Francisco 49ers. It sends the Eagles to the Super Bowl as the Mm. NFC champion. It did play out in a unique way. We got an early injury to a quarterback, and I have to amend something that I had been saying for, for weeks leading up to this game. And one of the things that I enjoyed about the San Francisco 49ers as they went from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo, and many people thought that their season was over when Jimmy Garoppolo went down. Brock Purdy came in and performed to a level uh, even better than Jimmy Garoppolo, Mm. which was a surprise. And I said, I think the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have created an offense that's kind of immune to the quarterback. If you get somebody in there who's okay, you can win a football game. Uh, Brock Purdy was obviously way better than okay. Josh Johnson was not okay. So no, it, it's still no. It's there's still importance in that offense on the quarterback position because when when Purdy went down and couldn't get back onto the field and they had to go to their fourth stringer and it's a journeyman like that, all the energy just got sucked out of that football it, team. If you think it's a big deal that the quarterback actually catches a snap from center, then yes, Josh Johnson was not quite prepared for the ball. Well, then when he dropped that snap and then landed on the ball oh. and somehow it squirted oh, out of his hands yeah. again, you're like, yeah, oh, no. thanks for coming, Josh. Really, yeah. Listen, uh, I. I there's a lot of I had a lot of mixed emotions watching that game. I wanted San Francisco to win for a couple of different reasons. Although the team that I swooned over, my words, not yours, uh, I, I'm not sure I saw that team yesterday. I did not see the same kind of defensive uh, performance from the 49ers. I, I saw from the Eagles defense what you normally see from the 49ers, mm-hmm. and so I think that. I think the 49ers brought the fight to, to, I'm sorry, the Eagles brought the fight to the 49ers, and I think that was fairly evident. The other thing that I couldn't get over with was watching Jalen Hurts play this game and win this game. And by the way, did you watch Terry Bradshaw just act like an utter fool after the game was over? The difference in the trophy ceremonies, and I'm not the biggest Jim Nance fan in the mm-hmm. world, but the, the professional nature with which he handled the AFC trophy presentation, I don't know why Terry Bradshaw gets those opportunities. Opportunities. I even said it on Twitter. Why does Terry Bradshaw even get to do highlights at halftime? It's just a disaster it, right. every time he does it. Right. But it's seemingly at Fox, they they take great pride. And wow, well, he's he's, he's a buffoon. so funny well, he's and goofy. Yeah, he's our buffoon. Okay, so I so I thought it was really really kind of ridiculous, just everything about it. But Jalen Hurts at the time said, "Look, I don't want to make this about me. This is not about me." And I thought, "Wow, what a thing to say from a guy who who if ever could say it's about me, it's that guy." The the fact that he got pulled from a national championship game at Alabama and had his career entirely rerouted and he ends up there really says a lot about the guy. Really does. Because keep in mind now, that could break a lot of people. 
You get benched in a national championship game. Your your successor goes in there and wins the game and becomes an instant hero. And now you have got to go and sit in a hotel room with your parents and quite literally say, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go next? How do, how do we handle this from here? And then for Jalen Hurts to deal with all of the people who said, no, he's, he's, not, a, he's not an impact player. He's not a franchise quarterback. Look, he, he got benched in Alabama for Tua. He's not that guy. For him to fight through all that, much respect for Jalen Hurts. And you know what else? I start thinking about these, these, jerk faces co- these jerk face coaches in college, and you start thinking about how responsible they are for all these chips on people's shoulders in the NFL. So Jalen Hurts is in the Super Bowl with the Eagles after being benched by Nick Saban, in which we all, in real time, go, what a bold move. That's the boldest thing Nick Saban has ever done. You think about the human cost of it all. Jalen Hurts had to put that all together. There was a time... Uh, when Urban Meyer at Ohio State went up to Joe Burrow as a freshman and said, you throw like a girl. Okay, misogynistic much? Sexist much? Wait, but st- Urban Meyer we're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Urban Meyer. And so, and so it, uh, Urban Meyer made the decision, eh, eh, eh. Joe Burrow had to go to LSU and and reprove himself all over again well, to get and where when he you was. you look at the the ingredients that went I mean Joe Burrow was stuck behind JT Barrett. Who, yeah. It, I mean, who was a really good college quarterback yeah. but you know, I think converted to wide receiver to try to make it in the NFL. Going back to the Jalen Hurts point too. When he got benched in that championship game, he came back for another year at Alabama. He sat behind Tua Tagovailoa for another year That's right. before he ended That's up right. at Oklahoma. Wow. And that combination wow. obviously shows a lot of mental toughness. What we saw, yeah. what we've seen at the tail end of this season and in the playoffs, and look, it, these games have not unfolded to the point where they have to rely on Jalen Hurts to be fantastic. But he is injured. I think it's a, a significant injury to the shoulder, uh, and he's quarterback through it and played his style of football through it. The combination of physical toughness and mental toughness with that guy is off the charts. And one thing I do love about this matchup going mm-hmm. into the Super Bowl in, in, in a couple weeks, Pick, is we got two quarterbacks, both MVP candidates, but both had to play through injury yesterday. And what Mahomes did... Again, I, I mean, the lack of respect that's been shown that young man during Oh, history. it's just been uh, un- I don't know how he's been able to get by. Um, of course, I'm poking fun. We're being very facetious. But that was inspirational. There were plays. Where, there was the play where he got blitzed and he had to run out of the pocket and he delivered the ball and he, he couldn't even put weight on the ankle. And oh, his toughness he he proved that beyond a doubt so far this this postseason. Yeah, and I think even in the Super Bowl loss a couple of years ago to Tampa Bay, when Kansas City's offensive line was completely marginalized, they're playing backups, and Tampa Bay's defense was just feasting and just beating them up. I mean, the physical punishment he took in a game that was well out of reach, he proved it then, but. To prove it in a victory to get his team to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like that was the only injury. Their, their receivers were dropping off like flies. Kelsey got hurt the day, you know, the last practice, the last snap of practice, basically going into that game. That was an inspirational effort by Patrick Mahomes, too. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And then finally, to, to kind of wrap this up, the, the Brock Purdy element. We know what Nick Saban had to say about Brock Purdy in his game. Mm-hmm. And Brock Purdy ends up at Iowa State. And and these are all commonalities between all these quarterbacks. 
which is quite interesting to me. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think when you look on, on paper, Chiefs versus Eagles, we could have done a heck of a lot worse. There's not a lot of real natural smoke to this game. It's not best offense against best defense. There's not a lot of, you know, it's not, yeah. there's not a lot of that. But but it's still, these are two, you know, very tradition-based franchises, red and green, right? And so we, we Christmas matchup. So we know the Eagles are going to. So I guess the bright, the bottom line, the bright spot is is the Cardinals do not have to worry about the 49ers partying in their locker room. That's a thing. That is a that thing. is a thing that uh, you know home teams uh, or host teams don't enjoy that when, no. when, when their one and, of their rivals gets to do that. Yeah, and so and so in this case, the NFC team is the host of the Super Bowl. So I'm assuming they're going to get the the. Cardinals locker room, and so that's so the Eagles are going to be the host in the Super Bowl. So I'll be curious to see what color combination this football game has. The Eagles have a lot of different combinations in their unis. They're all whites are super sharp. Their blackish ones are really sharp. I don't know what they're going to wear. I still think they should go back to the old shade of green, but that's just me. That personally. would be cool, wouldn't it? Um, to your point, though, on, on Purdy, we're gonna uh, this offseason, There's going to be a lot of focus on Tom Brady. There was more focus over the weekend that you know he physically the the toll that his uh, tumultuous season took on him. He lost 15 pounds. There's going to be a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be a lot of talk about other quarterbacks like Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, where they end up. The San Francisco quarterback situation, low key, is going to be one of the more interesting um, situations because what do you, what do you do? You got the guy you traded up for and gave all that draft capital for in Trey Lance. I don't think the 49ers are playing yesterday if Trey Lance doesn't get hurt. Sorry, that's the way I no, feel. No, I'm with you. Yeah, Garoppolo in the mix, Brock Purdy in the mix, what he did. It's going to be a fascinating situation. Coming up next, the AFC Championship game was highly entertaining, but highly frustrating for a lot of fans who believed hashtag NFL rigged. <laughs> we'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Here's Mahomes rolling out on third and four. He's going to go for the... Yes, he's got the mark and he's got the out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. The only time he had to use the legs fully, he turned on and he put it on himself, and that's going to put them in position to get... Personal foul, unnecessary roughness, defense number 58. And that 15, 15 yards, yards from the end of the play. He's going to take this all the way into an inside of about 40-yard field goal attempt to go to the Super Bowl. And that particular play was the last straw for a lot of viewers last night of the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes scrambling for a first down with... Seconds left in regulation. Without the personal foul, it's about a 60-yard field goal for the Kansas City Chiefs or a Hail Mary attempt to, 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 to try to avoid overtime. Joseph Osai hits uh, Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. They throw the flag. And I think the reaction to that, because there was a lot of people, and you brought this up in the splash, so we're circling back around to this. There was a lot of people that said, there's no way in that scenario you can make that call. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. It was an obvious penalty. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes was out of bounds. Osai hit him. You have to call that. It, it was just a poor judgment play by a young player in Cincinnati's defense. But I think everybody was so frustrated by the, the officiating that seemed 
honestly very one-sided in favor of the home team, the Kansas City Chiefs, that they felt that way. I mean, the do-over play, yeah. the fact that on that, that same play, people pointed out a missed block on Orlando Brown. It was not there was a, a miss, well. There was a misholding penalty on the Chiefs. That everything they were calling on the Bengals didn't seem to get called on the Chiefs. There was a late hit on Joe Burrow, the previous possession. No flag was called on that. And I disagree with you. I, I think you can not throw it in that situation. I think in a playoff game like that, if it's if it's not super 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 blatant, and yes, I mean clearly it was I a think, penalty. I think it was. Super, was I think it was super blatant. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I thought it was. He a had push. taken four steps out of bounds. Yeah, okay. Four? That's what I counted. <laughs> I watched it again this morning a couple times, and it was at least three. And the four, the the the, okay. the, the 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 foot was about to hit for the fourth time. Okay, and yeah, was it a I, brutal I hit? Too, no. I, and listen, I'm, I'm not arguing. I, it was a late hit. There's no doubt about it. But in that situation, you're basically handing them the game. And and in the way that thing had been going up to that point, I thought, oh my goodness. Either way, that was uh, that was quite something to see. Hashtag NFL rigged. Oh, it's sort of be a thing. Because it, there were 49er fans who watched that first game, and even though 49er fans kind of acknowledge we really weren't winning that game anyways, there seemed to be just a barrage of defensive holding penalties against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And it just, and you know what bugs me is that going into this weekend, there was a time last year. And I don't know when it was. It might have been the second week of the playoffs on where it really felt to me like referees just let – there just were not flags thrown. Yesterday was, again, just seemed like the worst of the NFLs. Just crews looking to throw flags whenever possible. Mm-hmm. And I just – I cannot stand football like that. It's it's hard to watch, especially when the stakes are that high. Um, Osai, who did commit that penalty for the Bengals and – I thought he got severely injured on that play when he mm-hmm. saw his leg bend and his ankle bend. Uh, he was inconsolable on the sideline for a good portion of it, but I give him credit. He sat in front of his locker last night and he answered questions from the media, explained what happened on that play. I just got to, I got to, like Sam was saying, I got to learn from experience and um, I got to know not to not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If it's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I got to do better. Things are happening so fast there, obviously. Did you, did you have any idea you were, you were at that sideline there? I mean, obviously you're in full chase. And, you know. Yeah, I was just in full chase mode, and I was trying to, um, was trying to push him to maybe um, get him going backwards because I knew he was going for that sideline. I was trying to make him go backwards, get that clock running, but um, I, I I didn't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know how far out of bounds we were. But um, yeah, it's just a brutal way to lose a game. And I don't know if you saw the the footage from the the tunnel, Cincinnati going into their locker room. Another linebacker, Jermaine Pratt, was yeah. yelling. How do you touch the quarterback on that play? So there was well, it there was definitely that. some internal it frustration. Was, it wasn't just that. He, he, Jermaine Pratt was screaming because it was his last year. This is my last year. How can you do that to me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? It's about you, yeah. Jermaine. <laughs> I know the battle cry was winning for Jermaine. Is, he's a terrific football player. For a guy, it, for a teammate to get on him is uh, that's that just that's wild. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing it publicly too. too. Yeah, they were pra- they were praising him. Jermaine Pratt. <laughs> Jermaine who? Yeah. <laughs> they were praising Osai just yeah. moments before that play about what a good game he had had. Uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the uh, Bengals, said, "Yeah, it didn't come down to that." That's hard. You know, this is emotional. We worked really hard to get here, and um, you know, any play that. 
people feel like it's left out there, you're, you're going to take it hard. And that, that's we want guys like that, that this means a lot to. They care about it, care about their teammates. Joseph's, Joseph, Joseph's comes to work every day, man. He loves ball. He loves being a part of this team. And uh, it didn't come down to that. Yeah, point. that's the right answer from uh, from the, the the head coach there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs got away with something in that game, too. Not from a penalty standpoint. I don't know if you saw this stat. Um, I have it in my email here. Um, There's a a Twitter account called Surrender Index. So late in the fourth quarter, Kansas City's got a fourth and eight. Remember there was the penalty, and initially they they took the penalty, give them third down, and then Zach Taylor decided to uh, decline the penalty. Set up a fourth and eight at the 37 with 236 to go in a tie game, 20 to 20. What the surrender index does is it puts this this analytic on how cowardly the move was. <laughs> so it says with a surrender index of one twenty point eight five, this punt ranks at the ninety nine point ninth point ninth percent percentile of cowardly punts in the twenty twenty two season, and in the ninety ninth percentile of all punts since ninety nine. And they got away with it. Wow! And they won the football game. Wow! <laughs> Check this out. 49ers were penalized 11 times for 81 yards in the championship game. No team was penalized more this postseason. The second most, the Bengals, who were flagged nine times in the AFC title game for 71 yards. Yeah, it was, uh, there was, uh, there was, yeah, I didn't like really the officiating in either of the games, and I am glad I'm not a Bengals fan this morning. I, I don't know how they reconcile a lot of that uh, and a lot of what went down, mm-hmm. and, and yet at the same time, you know, it, it, this, is, this is a game that, that, that they had, they had possession of it at one point in time, and it just kind of broke the other way. Patrick Mahomes showed a, a level of toughness that I think was um, admirable. And so, could be worse in terms of Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl matchups. With with the Eagles winning, um, and the Forty ers had they found a way to win that game, their quarterback situation would have been iffy anyway. The yeah. Eagles against that's either one point. of those AFC that's, teams is yeah. a great matchup. That's in a my great opinion. point. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of this Monday morning in the Rush Hour reboot. That is straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Akchin Community Studios on this Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour reboot. Rush Hour reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on into the Rush Hour Reboot. Wait, what? what is it that we're doing here? They're obviously looking for a reboot. Oh, we're looking for a reboot. <laughs> Thank you, Sean Payton. We uh, get you caught up on the top stories of the day every single day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. The wizard is still <laughs> wizardry, but right oh. here. Oh. Uh, very cool. And Jarrett Carlin. They're obviously looking for a reboot. You stole my thing. I stole your thing? I'm the one who said, ooh, we should cut that out. And then I cut it out. They're obviously looking for a reboot. But you stole it. Steal anything. All right, welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot. Uh, let's start out with the NFL and the Super Bowl matchup. That is set. It is the Chiefs and the Eagles descending upon the Valley two weeks from now for Super Bowl 57. Wow, those are going to be two intense fan bases to have here in Phoenix, Arizona. The Eagles beat the 49ers in a 
pretty big stinker of a game in the NFC Championship game, 31-7. I know, Brock Purdy got hurt on the Niners' first drive, and then his replacement, Josh... Johnson Johnson exited in the third quarter with a concussion, so Purdy had to come back in, but it was pretty apparent he was uh, not able to really throw at full strength. And then in the second game of the day, the AFC Championship game, we were treated to a far more exciting contest that went down to a field goal with three seconds left in the game. Uh, You could see Patrick Mahomes starting to hobble around on his right ankle. Uh, The the later it got in the game, the more intense that hobbling was. But he scrambled for a huge first down and then had 15 yards tacked on thanks to a late hit uh, by Cincinnati's Joseph Osai. ESPN's Dan Orlovsky this morning said that yesterday's performance shows why Patrick Mahomes is the NFL MVP. Patrick, that's why he's the MVP. The MVP played like an MVP. And the last two playoffs, we've had two of the best quarterback performances we're ever going to see. And they just so happen to belong to Patrick. I think yesterday was the perfect example of Patrick Mahomes. He did stuff that we just don't understand and can't comprehend. All right, we've talked quite a bit lately on this show about trying not to be a prisoner of the moment after great performances or lackluster performances. Do you guys think Patrick Mahomes is the clear MVP? I never, I listen, I, I don't know. It, it's I never thought that he, he was clear to begin with. I, I, I'm guessing the way this thing is kind of shaken out that he's probably the guy. That's a regular season award, though. And it's a regular season yeah. award. But he was fantastic. Doesn't it impact the voting regardless? I don't know. Is the voting done? I don't I, know. I, the, I think if it's a regular season award, they got to vote at the end of the regular season. Then it's no. got to be Patrick Mahomes, yeah. I don't know. I think Jalen Hurts is going to get some love. I think Burrow is going to get some late love. Um, But the timing of it is weird. Mahomes was the better quarterback yesterday. Burrow had his moments, but the throw that Mahomes had late in the third quarter to MVS for the touchdown, where I, I, I know Jim Nance got some criticism for not recognizing that the ball was caught right away. Because it was such an improbable throw that he made, and it was an absolute laser beam. There was a a second of doubt, and Valdez Scantling kind of hesitated, too, before he celebrated while he was on the ground. Yeah. That was an just a, an otherworldly throw from a quarterback who's not 100% healthy. He's he's ridiculous. Yeah. What do you guys think about this matchup? Is it do you believe it's the two most deserving teams reaching the Super Bowl? It's two number 1 seeds. Yeah. So there's that. So I so I guess you would have to say yeah. I mean, clearly from the standpoint of the Philadelphia Eagles, they they were most deserving all year long. Um I I, I think it's a good matchup. I think the 49ers could have brought a little different kind of feel to it, but it's it's good. Some it's, more juice? Yeah, a little I mean there was a little more local tie. There was some yeah. NFC West there. There was the the embarrassment factor that the 49ers playing in that game would have brought the Cardinals. I think there there was more stuff with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, but, but from a tourism standpoint, <laughs> this probably is about as good as you're going to get. Philadelphians and, and Chiefs fans? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know historically how many times there's been two teams with... 14 regular season wins that have played each other it in just the playoffs. Happened, the last time it happened was 25 years ago. Was it? The Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons. Wow. I never would have remembered that, but they yeah. just put it on TV. And this is a much better matchup on paper than that. Um, so, yeah, I think... 
in this case, to go against Bix saying deserve does have something to do with it. These two teams have been very consistently good throughout the year. And the only thing that slowed Philadelphia down was late in the season when Jalen Hurts got got injured. So right. uh, I, 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 I'm excited about this matchup. I'm a little, little weary of Kansas City again, but that's a testament to how good they are. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, meanwhile, they're still without a head coach three weeks after firing Cliff eh, Kingsbury. He needs one. God, certainly not them. Sean Payton, though, of course, one of their candidates, and he uh, fulfilling his roles as an analyst on the Fox pregame show before the Eagles-Niners game yesterday. He very vaguely addressed his status. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs, and I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it, and and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think, Coach, real quick, can I interrupt? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. Coach won't help. In the next week, but the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. I think there's, yeah, there's a, a handful of things that, that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. Okay. Do you guys think we're going to have a resolution, at least for where Sean Payton is going by Friday's I Rush do. Hour reboot? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I I think they're I, I think they're still alive, but my gut instinct says no. My gut instinct says they're not part of this mix. What about yours, Vince? My gut instinct says he's going back to Fox for another year. As of right now, things can change. And you mentioned the word vague. Vague was definitely part of uh, of that, that that little statement by Sean Payton. Yeah. I wonder, though, as we speak here on Monday morning, how many teams are waiting for some sort of resolution on Sean Payton before they move forward? Yes. And once we get that, does that close the coaching cycle? I think we're going to get an uh, an, uh, announcement from Houston pretty quickly here. Mm -hmm. Um, But those other three jobs... And, yeah, there's a I'm lot not, of mystery still. Yeah, listen, uh, and I'm not sure if it all. I'm not sure if it all. If Sean Payton is the linchpin anymore, if if he does, if he's not in the running with Denver, then I don't think there that there is a linchpin. Uh-huh. And I, I don't think it necessarily matters. Okay, but yeah. but the Denver thing, if Denver is kind of wheeled back into play with Sean P- Payton, which is very possible, then 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 yes, then there's probably going to be waiting for him to go first. And that Harbaugh development is very interesting, isn't it? To me, yeah, because that that ship. At least visually, had it seemingly had sailed, but they went back again. To they hopped in a dinghy and followed it. They did. <laughs> dinghy in, in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor dinghy. All right, let's get to the Phoenix Suns quickly. Uh, Shams Charania of The Athletic put out a report about 40 minutes ago at this point with some updates and rumors um, about the NBA trade deadline across the league, including a couple of nuggets that include the Phoenix Suns. He wrote that in a new development, the Suns have given permission to the Bucks to meet with Jay Crowder. The Bucks are believed to be the only team that has received permission to visit with Crowder one-on-one. Multiple teams, including the Heat and the Hawks remain interested in Jay Crowder, who is seen by championship contending teams as a fortifying acquisition at the deadline. Sharania also writes that the Suns are among the teams interested in OG Ananobi, who plays for the Raptors, who is, are playing the Suns tonight. He says the Knicks have shown a willingness to offer multiple first round picks for Ananobi. The Suns, meanwhile, have control of all of their first round picks, eight in total through 2030. What would you think about OG Ananobi? How, how do you think he would fit on the Suns roster? I like him a lot. Yeah, I like him. I think he'd be a good fit. Two thumbs up? Yes. Okay to OG? Yeah. He's an OG. 
How can it not be okay? No, G. Okay. Uh, he's a big physical guy. You know, plays defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can he can hit threes. He's he's versatile. And he's as a, you both he, have pointed available. out, he plays yeah. basketball currently. What would it cost though? A lot I mean, of that's a, not. That's, that, would, that would cost more than just Jay Crowder. Yes. Like if you got Pat Connaughton or whatever, it would be a lot less of a, a haul. I like Pat Connaughton. OG Ananobi, I think, helps the Suns more with, yeah. with what they need There's right no now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but the, the part of that that I can't get past is is the Milwaukee development. And I the think Milwaukee, Milwaukee, with or without Jay Crowder, is one of the finals finalists, I, I think, to, to, to win a championship this year. One of the teams that's real seriously considered to. The thought of him being on a championship team makes me ill with the way he's handled this year. Well, yeah. we, but again, we we only we don't have a full story, so it, it it's hard it's hard for me to say that. It's hard for me to say it's all Jay Crowder's fault. That's very gracious. Well, I mean, is but isn't that fair? I mean, it is. we don't. We, it's, it's fair. It is, it's hard to see a way in which it isn't his fault. But you're right; we don't uh-huh. have all of the information. Everybody's at his, fault. His teammates don't sure. seem to hold it against That's him. That's very true. Chris Paul was like. Oh. I love Nine Nine. I yeah. miss him. I don't yeah. think I don't think any of his teammates are going. Man, I I, I would be real tough to see him win a championship. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I wasn't speaking for them. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly, I want to give a happy birthday shout out to the love of my life, the man who puts the cake in birthday cake, Jordan Ham. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy birthday. Is he listening? He is. Okay. Well, I texted him to make sure. Otherwise, I wasn't going to shout him out because he usually would be asleep. I know you guys were tangling on social media last week, so everything's good. Smoothed over. Yeah, Jordan right. and I were? After, about your dance his, moves. Your uh, competitive oh, dance Oh, yeah. Moves. Well, you know, he's just one of many men who are intimidated by me, so join the freaking club. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Happy guys. birthday, Jordan. Happy That's birthday, uh, the Rush Hour reboot every morning at 730. The big stories of the day. Coming up next, a potentially big story in 2023. Kyler Murray's timetable for return seems to be in the spotlight again. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Let's focus on some of these coaching searches, specifically the Arizona Cardinals. Really, one of the biggest questions for the Cardinals, besides who actually is going to be their coach, is when is Kyler Murray going to be ready? And this topic, for sure, has come up during these interviews as Murray recovers from an ACL injury and a torn meniscus. My understanding is he is going to take his time and make sure this thing is 100% right. He is young. He's got a long career. He's not going to rush. So do not be surprised if we don't see him to start the season or maybe even by the midway point this injury has to heal perfectly. That is Ian Rappaport of NFL Network yesterday with not new information, uh, certainly, but kind of a reminder and I don't know, maybe a harbinger of what is to come in 2023, and that is Kyler Murray is going to take his time and you focus on phrases like 100% right and heal perfectly. Um that's not obviously best case scenario for the Arizona Cardinals. It might be long term for Kyler Murray, but uh, as you tie it in, as Ian Rappaport did, tie that particular tidbit into this coaching search, it could have ramifications. If you've got a coach, Bick, who's kind of gung ho on the Arizona Cardinals, despite what we saw from them in 2022, and then you're like, oh, I, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback next year because yeah. Kyler Murray can't go. Yeah. 
The um and again, I think the the part of the Ian Rappaport update on this that that struck me as interesting was okay. Why is anybody characterizing anything about the timetable of his return when we don't even know if rehab has begun yet for Kyler Murray? So is that is that coming from somebody in Kyler Murray's camp? Is Ian Rappaport speaking to somebody in the Kyler Murray camp, whether it's Eric Burkhardt or or Kevin Murray or somebody that is going just so you know. He's, they're not going to rush him. What is the context of that? Because to me, if you're a quarterback and you are being paid franchise quarterback money and you really want to win a Super Bowl, it's not a matter of rushing back. It's not a matter of taking your time coming back. It's a matter of coming back when you're healed. That's simple. If you love the game and want to play the game, there's not these added, oh, he's not, he's going to be 150% certain. You know, it, again, it, it's, to me, this is different. You look at the Phoenix Suns, and people have accurately said that a lot of Suns players, from Cam Johnson to Devin Booker, have taken their sweet time getting back on the basketball court this year. You can do that in the NBA. It's an 82-game season. In the NFL, you play 17 times a year. Mm-hmm. And so these games are of just absurd amount of importance. So Kyler, so the, fra- the, the refrain coming from the Kyler Murray camp should be, he will be back out there as soon as humanly possible. Not, not, he's not going to rush things. He's not going to rush things gives off the implication that he's not in a hurry to get back. And that doesn't do Kyler Murray any favors. So I don't know where this is coming from again, but it, but again, it, it's, first of all, it seems asinine to me to even put any context or characterize a timetable that hasn't even begun yet to a kid who has never gone through knee surgery. Nobody has any case data on how fast he heals so to be making an assumption that he's not going to rush things it could be middle of the season yeah you know what it could be week one newsflash it could be week two it could be week three uh, it, it's it, it, to me there's an absurdity to this report and to some of the stuff that Ian Rappaport puts out there quite frankly well that 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 I think is just asinine in this situation but I think you've diagnosed where this report came from or where this tidbit came from this is from the Kyler Murray camp. Yeah. And the only thing you can do right now in terms of the Kyler Murray timetable is compare it to other recent trends in quarterbacks coming back from an ACL. And everybody pointed to the Joe Burrow thing. Kyler Murray got hurt on December 12th. Didn't have surgery until January 3rd. It is now January 30th. So we are almost a month and a half, six weeks away from, from that particular injury. Joe Burrow in his rookie season tore his ACL on November 22nd. He was back for week one, less than 10 months later. To me, what you said, Bick, about this is a, hey, hold your horses. Kyler's going to be back when he's back, when he's ready to come back. Yeah. And you said it, too. He's going to come back when he's healed. But here's the reminder. He's not going to be healed on that timetable. There's too much at stake right now. Right. When you hear 100% per, healed yeah. and, and has to heal perfectly, well, right. this is going to be a yes. long, drawn-out yes. process. Yes, yes, Look, again, it, it's sort of like I, 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 draw it, I draw a comparison to the Devin Booker interview because when Devin Booker was shut down, they said he is not even going to be evaluated for a month. What that sounded like to me was the camp of a very valuable player realizing, okay, you've had some lower body injuries here. We're not going to make this a yearly thing. So you are going to take absurd amount of time 
until until you don't even know that injury once existed. And I get it in the NBA because it's the regular season. But to put a timetable on this thing, it's it's to lower expectations. It's I don't know what the point of it is. But again, if if you are a football team looking to to hire a new head coach, the last thing you want to do is have vibes out there that your quarterback is going to take his own sweet time getting back. But if we're talking about a one-year timetable, and I know the, the push now is about nine months, people can get back in nine months, that's not everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac uh, of the Orlando Magic tore his ACL. It was a pretty bad injury. He did that in the bubble. He just came back last week. There's a different timetable for different people. And yeah. I know my first reaction was, wow, this is December. If this is a year on the time, are you going to push Kyler Murray back in December of 2023? If there's not much to play for next year, and probably not. No, yeah. The, the, uh, would I be shocked if Kyler Murray misses the whole season next year? No, I would not be shocked. Yeah, I'd have to say I wouldn't be shocked either. I'd be disappointed. Yes. I wouldn't be shocked. But yeah, I just, I just don't know the purpose of of saying. I don't know what the purpose of any of this commentary going into his surgery has been for, uh, other than to have the newsmakers fulfilling their quota of making news. Well, there's a quota of making news, but there's also a real quota and emphasis put on making news on Sundays before the games start. That's a good it's point. Like, hey, the audience. What do you got for us? We've yeah. got the audience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the producers of the show, they're on speed. All right, let's call Schefter. Let's call Rappaport. Let's call Mortensen. What do you got? What do you got for us? Come on, we're going live here, man. <laughs> it's football Sunday. It's championship Sunday, man. Give us something. What do you got? <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. No. So uh, ridiculous. Look, I, and if I were Kyler Murray, you know what I would do? If I were Kyler Murray, I would fire my agent. I would fire my father. I would I would take my, I would take control of my image. Because do you know the amount of people I, I learned this over the weekend in, in talking to, to a variety of people? The amount of hate, too strong of a word. The amount of dislike for our franchise quarterback. It's kind of palpable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of palpable, and, and I and I don't think the people around Kyler Murray has really done him any favors. I mean, they gotten him paid; he's he's got his contract. But aside from that, that's it's, a favor. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Look, that that really sounds ridiculous. Okay, that's Those a big people one. got him 230 million bucks. Bickley, shut up, Bickley. <laughs> but they've also contributed to his negative reputation around here. That's yes, and, and, and man, is that is that ever ever a thing in Arizona? And there's one way at this point to reverse completely reverse that reputation that some people have have attached to him yeah. and that is win something um, uh, i want to read this tweet to you real quick from uh, ross vegas uh, no more coffee for Bick today. Love the fire, fire, fire. fire. Guess what, Ross? You got more fire, fire coming because the Bickley Blast is next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.